Welcome to Old Town New World. We're here at Millstone Pizza in Old Town Rock Hill, South Carolina. And uh, I'm Jason Broadwater. And uh, I'm Chris Gervais. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, <laughs> backing me up. I couldn't remember my name, it's tough. And uh, we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of Small Town USA. Okay. So here we are at Millstone Pizza and uh, have another podcast. We're very excited about it. We love podcasting. Chris and I have a guest with us today. We have Silent Chance in the wings. Say hello, Silent Chance. All right, good. And uh, we also have with us our new next door neighbor. I'm going to let this man introduce himself and tell you about what he does. And we're going to explore why he wants to be our neighbor. In depth. Well, that's to be determined, actually. Um, uh, my name is Justin Smith. I'm a principal at Vignette Architecture. Um, we are a primarily residential design firm uh, that, that dabbles in commercial world. Uh, we do things throughout the Carolinas, really. Uh, I just made the trek back from Charleston today, and uh, I'm here enjoying the weather. So you said you made the trek back from Charleston. Y'all have an office in Charleston, right? Correct. We have an office in uh, Asheville, Rock Hill, obviously, and uh, uh, Charleston. So Asheville, Rock Hill, and Charleston. So Asheville is a, is a cool town. Um, it's got a happening downtown and culture about it. Charleston, of course, cool town, historic town, has a hat and culture about it. And Rock Hill is is attempting, is working towards that. You know, it's a fledgling kind of downtown and, and cultural hub. So, what made you uh, come to Rock Hill? Well, actually, uh, all three of our offices are in old historic districts or buildings. Uh, the one in Asheville is actually right downtown uh, on Broadway, um, and then. The one in Charleston is actually in the old Gadsden house, which is on East Bay Street, and it was built in 1800. Um, and currently, we're on East Main Street, uh, on the corner of Elk and Main Street. But uh, we made the decision to purchase a building, and uh, we're here because I am born and raised here. Uh, so you're the prodigal son returns. I, I can't leave. <laughs> I tried. I tried. So, so you're here because you were born and raised here, is? What was your inclination to go back to where you were born and raised? I mean, it... I tried to leave. I really did. Um, I moved to Denver right out of college. Uh, moved to Charleston probably, I think, three times now and back three times. Now I'm married with kids and set roots up, and it's nice to be near family. And I really, honestly, it's a great growing city. Um, I've seen it happen in other places in South Carolina, and it's pretty cool to be on the for forefront of it here. Well, you know, I moved back to this area as well and um, and started my business here and moved it into downtown Rock Hill. And, you know, we have a, we just pretty live a great life, you know. We love being down here. And um, so is it the lifestyle that puts you into uh, kind of walkable urban areas? Is it that walkable urban lifestyle or is it a love for the old buildings? I mean, you are an architect, of course. Well, it, it's, it's kind of a... a combination of the two um, I, I really enjoy uh, working in old buildings uh, I mean it's, it's just it, it truly speaks to you know the work environment it's so so much cooler to, to be in a cool space I mean when people walk in they're like man this is awesome um, it, it's nice um, but also to have places to walk to lunch every day uh, that's nice uh, 
Rock Hill's getting there. Um, it's you know there, there's a few options right now, and there's more and more. So I mean, it's getting nice. When Amelie's open, I see y'all there quite often. So it's great. So what is it about old buildings? Why do we why do we say God, this place is cool? I mean, what is it about it? Is there something? Is there a soul in the bricks? I mean, what is it? I think it's just what we're programmed to think of. I mean, you, modern buildings today that are being built are the details and the elements are all based off of how they were originally done. You know, keystones and arches aren't necessary today, but they still put them up there as a they look like they're holding it up. You know, columns aren't you can span. 60 feet, no problem, but people still want columns in, in between to get that old feel. I mean, there, there's just so many things that just kind of are naturally inherent in how we think of, you know, structure and scale and all that fun stuff. But So so that kind of is contrary to the um, form follows function in a way. Um, form also has nostalgia, follows nostalgia. I mean, would you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I tell you, I'm, uh, that, that's such a battle. I mean, <laughs> it, it, my, uh, my partner uh, has a, uh, a, a separate firm in Asheville that, that's uh, form and function architecture. And it's, uh, it's kind of wild that, uh, I mean, there's just two different trains of thought on all that. I, I'm, a big, I'm a big functionality type guy. Uh, the form kind of, I don't like the new architects. Okay. I shouldn't say that either, but uh, I'm not a big fan of many of the famous architects today. Um, I like the old stuff. Yeah, okay, so then, so you're into that, like we're talking about nostalgia, so that idea of like older buildings and older mm -hmm. design, so I mean, I so you're 100%, that's your thing, right? Yeah. So, so like, I mean, because how much of it is it, but it's like you were saying, like buildings are, it's like, okay, they built something new in Rock Hill, um, like where I'm sitting next to something that was built last year, yeah. that they built to match the other buildings around it, you know? I mean, like how often, like that, that like when a city's old, it never really, whatever the aesthetic of it when it was built is sort of always there, I guess, on some level, you know. Yeah. And, and, I, and I guess it's that, that potentiality. Well, you know what, it's, it's almost like the, um, when do you put in an Eiffel Tower? Like, you know, the Eiffel Tower was such a horrible thing because it was so opposite old Paris, yet now it's become this just amazing feat of achievement. So, but a lot of times when you tear old things down and build something new, it's a dismal failure, you know. Well, I mean, it, it's also, to, to hearken on that, you look at someone, and this is to go back to, to like famous architects today, Frank Gehry is probably the most well-known architect that any layman really knows. And many architects, I mean. That's from Naked Gun? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was actually on uh, The Simpsons a couple of times. Oh, okay. actually. Um, he was in the E Street Band. But I mean, he he, I wish I wish everyone could watch the the DVD that was put out. It's called Sketches of Frank Gehry, and it really just follows his process. And anybody that um, appreciates uh, the process and how things come together would just scoff at it. I mean, it's it's such an embarrassment. It's it's terrible. I mean, it's. He doesn't even cut his own pieces of paper anymore. It's like, can you cut that and place it there? No, no, not there. There. Like, it's, it's so bad. So, I mean, it, it's just... So he's like Prince Charles. Yeah, so he's like the Garth Brooks. But the funny thing is, is if, you, no if you know him, <laughs> he wears a big hat. Um, but it, it's really uh, funny if you look at, you know, where he came from. He got his start from doing, like, the most. Like, he wrapped his house in chain-link fence and... and uh, in like Venice Beach and uh, painted it pink and that's how he got his start by taking all these ev common everyday materials and putting them on his house. Like 
Warhol of architecture. Yeah, he was. And now he's the... I don't even know what Oh, that's funny. So it's like notoriety gained by being counter... Yeah, specifically counter... Yeah. Culture, counter culture and yeah. punk rock about how you're doing or whatever and then now in a position of like respected but he's so mimicked I yeah. mean he's, he's yeah. mimicked everywhere and he, but I, it's, some of his buildings are cool uh, but for the most part it's it's really out of mind interesting well yeah I mean that's and that's the thing about uh, being a nostalgist and stuff is like there was always someone I mean it's like you always have to the things that matter and work never really go away and for the same reason that no matter what you're nostalgic for or what you consider the old days, there was someone then that considered those things ridiculous yeah. and right. wished it was like the old days. So it's like, you know, but th- th- that's why the good stuff kind of stands the test of time. And there's underlying cool. themes that stay consistent. I mean, it's like, you know, like Shakespeare never goes out of style because the underlying themes will always be there. No matter how radical your story is or whatever, you know, you have, you know, fear and jealousy and, you know, all these underlying human components so I imagine in architecture there's similar things yeah, yeah but you know to, to go back to him I mean he, he did push push the envelope, the envelope I mean he did do things that were groundbreaking I mean if you look at uh, Guggenheim Bilbao I mean it's amazing the, the, the forms that he made with new technology and new modeling software and things like that but you gotta you gotta turn it off at some point and, and it, it, right. it, it just well, you know, architecture is kind of a weird thing because a lot of art forms sort of lend themselves very easily to that contrarian kind of like, let's do it the opposite way to see what happens. But architecture is kind of a weird thing because that's not quite so easy to be like, well, you know, hey, let's build this building and what the hell. Like, let's know? put a door that doesn't open because yeah. that's cutting <laughs> edge. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. A story. I went, we, uh, and this is, I'm just going to tell a story. I don't care. It's just a good story. Do it. When we're at Clemson. We had opportunities. Sorry, we're out of time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you, you can't say that. All right, I was at a university in South Carolina. University of South Carolina. No, a good one. Anyway, um, <laughs> the one with the architecture program. Right. <laughs> um, we had opportunity to study abroad, and our options were Barcelona, Spain, Genoa, Italy, or Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> Charleston is a European style city yeah, in, in their yeah, view. Sense, and uh, the funny thing about it is you essentially, there were so many grants and stipends, and, like you could go for free. So to any three of those. Is Barcelona where Gaudi's work is? Yes. Um, um, they're supposed to finish the Sagrada Familia in the next serious? decade or something. Yeah, the the dripping It looks castle. like yeah, yeah, dripping yeah, yeah, yeah. sand that yeah. you build yeah, on yeah. castle. <laughs> um, they really are supposed to finish it soon. Um, but anyway, so I chose Charleston specifically for this professor. That's the only reason I wanted to go. He's a very deep man. I mean, he, he's now the dean of architecture at the University of Arizona. Great architect. I mean, I, he, I credit him with everything I know. So we go, I have a class called Means and Methods. And uh, we were studying this one building by Peter Eisenman. And it was on Ohio State, it's called the Wexner Center. And uh, he goes through this whole long drawn out process of how he, he derived how Peter Eisenman came up with his design. And it was an airport 30 miles that way, and this axis was this, and it was great. I mean, it was this long drawn out thing, kind of like a story. And um, <laughs> anyway, so he does all this, and he runs into it like he meets Peter Eisenman. And now, do y'all know who Pierre Osmond is? Very famous architect. Very, very. Like Donny Osmond? Similar. Yeah. 
not quite the voice. Um, <laughs> so uh, he meets him. He's like, I got to ask you, you know, where'd you come up with this? You know, because I came up with this theory of all this. And the guy's like, nuts. Like, that has, like, I just did it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, like, not everything has a freaking meaning, right. man. Yeah, right, I feel like that about painting. Like, yeah, sometimes right. you just want to paint a blue duck. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wanted to Anybody? see a blue duck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I wanted to see a blue duck. Yeah, well, and, well that's the thing, too, about if, if uh, I mean, I believe that, well, A, uh, expression lends itself to, I mean, you, you know, you see a face in the clouds, you yeah. know, you can see anything, and I know I'm by the same coin, if you're really, really, really good at what you do, you're doing it the right way, whether you're build, making a building or making a movie, shocker, I said that, um, or painting a painting and you know what you're doing, everything means something, yeah. because if you're good at it, all these things are informing what you're doing on yeah. some level, you know, so, yeah. so it's like even when you aren't, no, I'm not consciously whatever, you know, it's just... If you're doing it the right way, it all means it's an expression. You know? It all means something. You know, there's something about architecture that is unique among the arts because <clears throat> while, yes, it has aesthetic elements to it that are tacked on for aesthetic purposes or you deal with function with a, in, a, in a unique way, form, create a unique form around a function somehow, and that's fine, and you're pushing the envelope for this. And, you know, it's like poets writing to poets. There's always that. Architects building for architects, you know, for, like, getting pat on the back and winning awards. But when it comes down to it, most art we experience. We go there and experience it. We sit and watch a movie. We go look at a painting. We listen to a song. But architecture defines the spaces in which we live our lives. I mean, it, it actually controls the way we move and the way we interact and behave. It, and it's so kind of um, people don't recognize how much their behavior. It's kind of like um, when you, you know, live in a house I moved a lot in my 20s, and I moved about every year, so I moved like eight times, you know, in, in, in an eight-year period. And different houses I started to learn had different just feelings. It made me happier, not happier. And it was based on flow. I guess it's kind of feng shui, you know, like flow through the house. I got a book for you to read. Really? It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> it's called but, Gone but with you know the what I'm Wind. Saying? Yeah, I mean, it's called, but really, I mean, it's, it, in, in the art. Gone with the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sorry, what were you saying about architecture? <laughs> <laughs> the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, right. it's, it's called Peanuts. Yeah, right. Sorry, I was zoning it's out. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Any, anywho, what were you saying about architecture? No, we, uh, if you go to our webpage, you're, like we all did like uh, little interviews with ourselves, and it's like, what's the most annoying phrase in architecture? Because we all have our thing, like, you say that word one more time. And, <laughs> No, it's uh, in the architecture world. It's called phenomenology. Oh. Whoa! Wow. I'm already annoyed. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first time. I had uh, my senior year at the uh, the good school in South Carolina. Um, I didn't need hardly any credits to graduate, so I got to take classes I wanted to take. So I took a philosophy class. So here's this uh, you know architecture student in like senior level philosophy classes, yeah. and it was great because they just appreciated my presence like it was so cool because they i didn't know jack yeah to appreciate your presence <laughs> right exactly. nice yeah but the entire Which they of course questioned they did yeah right well the, the entire the entire class was on a book called phenomenology of perception oh, weird. by maurice marlowe ponty anybody yeah no. sorry no not a big ponty fan yeah <laughs> strike now yeah. It's nuts. Like it, like it's like you read, but it applies directly to architecture and everything you're just saying about you know the 
feng shui of, of, of things and how you feel and movement and all that thing. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of towns about um, who are trying to redevelop their downtowns. And I mean, I'm not an urban planner, but one thing that I've stumbled upon in my thinking is um, that, you know, to re- redevelop your urban space, your downtown or whatever, it's about um, getting people to come there and interact. Mm-hmm. And so if there's no people there interacting, it doesn't matter what you build or do, there's no people. So if you start with, how do people move through space? You know, and, and I know that sounds all you know crazy, but like if you really think about how people move through space, like if, for example, if you come down here and you park and you go to Amelie's, you know, I, I, I challenge town to say, okay, go downtown and park and then think about your movement to the place that you're going. What do you encounter along the way? How, um, if you sh- if you're have a straight shot there, fine. If you don't, is it that a bad thing or a good thing? What do you encounter in your non-straight shot? Do you encounter other people? Do you encounter activity happening? Is there space for activity to happen? You know, are you kind of walking and hope you don't get hit by a car? You know, so, so it's all about starting with how people move through space. And I would imagine you could apply that to um, the architecture of any building or anything. Yeah, and the, the other thing that people, in in the general sense of just urbanism, the the, v, the car is a bad thing. Yeah. Which, in our realm, and and there are studies after studies, that, you know, all this stuff. New urbanism, um, scale and proportion is very important to downtowns. Vehi- vehicles are a buffer between the size of this and the size of so cars being downtown parallel parking is that I mean just to, people don't think about things like right. that yeah, people just automatically like no no cars like yeah. you don't need cars we want people walking but cars are a buffer between you know a 40 foot tall building and you walking on the sidewalk I mean it really is very important and it's called uh, new urbanism and uh, I mean it's it's a very odd thing to think about when when you know when you think of thriving uh, downtowns like <clears throat> Greenville for example I mean Greenville is a very pedestrian downtown Main Street but they have parking that you don't even really think about and it's great I mean but you park and you get out and walk around yeah well think about even the way they changed um, you know in the in the 2000s how we've uh, kind of changed the way we even do big box clear-cut development yeah. like you know it used to be all um, frontage strips and it was all frontage, and it's like, what's behind it? Nothingness. Yeah. But it, we, we're going to take up the whole road by facing everything. To the, and so you had to get in your car and turn out of a place and drive 40 feet and turn back into another place. Yeah. But now you go to, like, Manchester out here, and you can park and walk. It's a type of urbanism, even in big box, because you turn everything sideways, pull it away from the main road, and create type of a, some type of a, almost a downtown feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's, almost like a, it's almost like a combination of every possible consumer outlet like it's a it's kind of a mall it's kind of a strip mall right. it's kind of a shopping mall it's kind of a well, if you think village put a roof downtown dude that, that's a constant theme on here we always bring that up but the thing is it's like it's so ridiculous but i totally yeah. thought it was awesome when i was a kid it? i totally remember it. Oh, i, I went there i went to i went remember? once oh. i think i blocked it out oh, i remember yeah. going to for what it's worth and not knowing there was a main street like dude, yeah 30, 33? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I just happen to, like, be down here sometimes. And, like, I thought it was awesome. I never knew anything else when I was really little. The thing is, is, and I had, <clears throat> I didn't, uh, I don't know, when, what year did they take the 
blow the roof off this joint. They blew the roof off this joint in 95. They had a party. Yeah. Let me say this to the microphone real quick. They they put a roof on downtown Rock Hill. They literally roofed in the the main street and turned it into an indoor mall, tore down old buildings to make a flat parking lot to support the mall. And it was the strangest place that you have ever encountered because it was the backs of old buildings making the walls of a mall and when you walked down the center of the mall, it's like indoor tile floor, roof on it, and you're looking at the face of old buildings. It was just strange. I think that's why I thought it was cool going. when I was a kid. Because yeah. it was so weird, it was so fake and bizarre. It was like bizarre. I'm I'm really the thing is even as an adult, I'm always hung up on like like if I go to a Mexican restaurant and they've got like the whatever the thatched roofs or whatever right, inside, yeah. I'm always like, Yes, this place is cool. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm I like, feel like su- home. Yeah, Authentic. I'm super I'm super into fake outdoor stuff inside. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong you with that. You have a your house. Inside. Oh god, I yeah. wish, yeah. When I win the lottery, I'm absolutely gonna have a tiki. What hut. I remember about it is the the end of it. I remember it was essentially a wall. The yeah. year, that's all I remember. I remember driving yeah. and like, oh, gotta turn. So like <laughs> Like a, um, you could still feel like the elements if it's raining. You could tell it was raining. No, it was there, absolutely completely there were walls inside. And, absolutely oh, completely horrible. inside. Yeah. <clears throat> and down this road. Uh, I don't think anyone takes, takes claim to it. Powerful Oz. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Actually, I can tell you. Um, and I say this with love and affection towards these beep, people. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> I say this with love and affection towards these people because they're good people who were shaking things up and trying to fight like radical decline. I mean, you know, you had 20% of the population employed by the textile industry that got up and went to Can- I mean, to Mexico, and it just destroyed our economy. And you had the dying of downtown. We couldn't compete with uh, the, the kind of mall phenomenon. The, sh- the strip mall, uh, like, development along Cherry Road, ruined Cherry Road, turned it into, there were, n- I mean, Cherry Road is beautiful now compared to what it used to be. There were no trees. Thank you. Uh, Mayor Eccles for that. I mean, he, he's done a great job with but, that. But it was, it was Joe and Jerry. Um, Jerry went to, uh, Joe was a county, uh, a city manager. These people choose to be renamed nameless? No, no, I've talked to Joe, I've talked to Joe about this a lot. No, I mean, as in a last name, Joe Lanford. Oh, Lanford, yeah, and uh, Jerry Shapiro. So Jerry goes to, uh, a city up somewhere in the Midwest or something, and he sees a town that has done this, and they created kind of a uh, kind of a cool energy around not a cool energy. They created energy around uh, kind of combating the whole everybody's leaving and going to malls phenomenon, and and, and creating suburbs and strips and and so he brought the idea back. Joe, what I love about Joe is that he takes risks. He's, uh, he's bold, he puts forward bold ideas. Unfortunately, if you're a risk taker, man, and you, and you go big. City manager's not the role yeah. for you. It, so first, of all, first of all, city manager's not the role for you, but second of all, when you go big, eventually you're gonna fail big you go time. Home. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, right, exactly. And so that's, of the many big things he did that were great, yeah. that one was just a dismal failure. Well, but, you know. regardless, and I said it last time, you know, and it's a shame that they destroyed buildings for a parking lot, but officially there's at least one fan of Building Mall, and I liked Building Mall. You mean, you mean Town Center Mall? Town Center Mall. Well, yeah. the Building Mall monster. It's no different from what they're doing now. I mean, when we opened our office, we opened February, or here. We, we've been in business since 2009, but when we moved here. So you moved into downtown Rock Hill and went? In uh, when? What? I mean, when did you move into downtown? <laughs> you got who and what now? <laughs> we we were on the corner of um, Selenese and India Hook for three years. 
uh, three and a half years. We moved here last February uh, on Main Street. So we've been here a year. And when we moved here, there was an article written up about uh, what happened was Periwinkle was closed a week after we came here. And I was like, man, that sucks. I really uh, like yeah. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I yeah. could have kept you Tell in business. It, yeah. You see me and I'm only just, right, right. Um, So uh, I, Don, Don Worthington wrote a, a piece in the business part of the paper. And it was, I don't want to call it doom and gloom, but it was same crap, different year. Yeah. So I emailed him and I was like, hey, man, you know, we're a young company. We're, you know, we're at the forefront. You know, we're trying to grow. We, we don't have to be anywhere. We can work out of our house if we want to, um, but we want to be here. So he came out and interviewed us and wrote an article in the Herald about it. And uh, it was pretty cool, you know, just getting a little exposure. Um, the first comment when it got posted online within 10 minutes of it getting posted was, you're not going to last a year. What a shock. Great. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks. Well, they, wait a second. They, I mean, somebody, somebody yeah. made a negative comment on the Herald's website? I know. So I will are you say being this. Serious? I will say this. Anonymous <laughs> comments on I know it's awesome. handled. Yeah. Anonymous comments on a newspaper website really, really brings out the most intelligent <laughs> yeah. and rigorous conversation and dialogue yeah. in, in the civic community. Very simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like seeing a bald yeah. eagle. In the, in the wild, it's yeah, that it's that it poetic. It's like seeing a bald eagle and saying, "Stupid bird." <laughs> yeah, it's it's exactly like that. But within the year that we've been here, I mean, it's it's leaps and bounds really better. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. We're approaching a tipping point too, man. There's things that's, happening. That's why this, when this building, when we saw that building for sale, we were looking at other things to rent because yeah. we're growing. We're, we hired some new people, so we're like, we've got to get a bigger space. So in talking with my, my family, who is also from here, um, is one of those things where let's buy something because if we don't, we're going to regret it. I mean, shoot, I want, you know, I wanted to buy that thing. Yeah, and you were very gracious to email me and say, like, hey, say, hey, you dropped this comment. Are you still interested? So, but I'm glad y'all are going to move in there. That's going to be great. So how's it? So, okay, so let me, for, for our... For both of our listeners, let me say that um, the, the building. Here? Yeah, right. My wife won't be logging in. Okay, right. Yeah. No, we have She's to can hear it live, by okay. the way. So um, you have to be here to hear it live. Um, exclusive company. So everybody, for everybody out in the audience here, this is like Garrison Keillor's uh, show about ball buttermilk balls. biscuits. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me get real close to the. Let me get real close to the. Let me get real close to the mic and breathe through my nose. Um, like Garrison Keillor. But anywho, um, so, okay, so. You want to sing over a song and ruin the song? And ruin the whole yeah, song. Yeah, you want to do that? So we should quit hating on Garrison Okay, Keillor. sorry. All right. So Justin's moving in next door to us. He's already been downtown um, Rock Hill, and he's moving in next door to us. This place next door to us is um, a long, thin building. It's, it's old. It's part of uh, a series of buildings um, right off of Main Street. It's been here for a long time, and um, early 1900s, I guess. I really don't know. Yeah. And um if I was a guess, I mean 50s or 60s. Oh, that's not early. Let's let's say 30s. <laughs> I'm going with 30s. Most of the bills down here are around the 50s. 1800s. Yeah, 1850s. We're going with 1850s. That's what I was, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um the the building uh, has been full of many small things. Treasures. Treasures we could call them. <laughs> um 
opportunities. Opportunities. When I moved in in 2006, moved into my building right next door to this building, uh, there was a man in there who is, you know, uh, the place is full of stuff. Most people call it junk. Um, I mean, I, you can decide. I'll give you an example. I mean, he he did sell. He told me that um, it was worth keeping all the stuff because he did sell a spring single spring for 80 cents that goes inside of a box spring bed um, and therefore you know there's valuable things in there um, when I told someone else that we're moving there he's like he has the greatest collection of belt buckles ever there yeah there's some serious belt buckles I've not found any yet that oh, must really? have been one of the treasures <laughs> yeah I found a ton of belts oh, really? sorry yeah no buckles no buckles yeah. well, it's an urban know. the belt buckle thing's an urban legend right, yeah. <laughs> I you, bought into you it you just have to tie them you'll be alright <laughs> But any, anywho, so this building has been full of many, many, many things uh, that people call junk for a long time. It's been vacant for a long time. and Some people like dead raccoons. Some people like dead raccoons. <laughs> but they will collect dead raccoons, I believe. Um, and so now there's an opportunity for a rebirth of, of this space, right? So I'd like to ask you, Justin, how is, uh, how is your labor... Uh, your delivery labor going with the rebirth of this space. Well, man, that's weird. <laughs> Cesarean or not? I mean, yeah. uh, as in, how is the process going? How's it going? How's it going? Struggling. Yeah. Tough. Um, it's just a process, and it's... Yeah, you know talk. That's <laughs> back in the end to Millstone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old Town New World joins you live as the truck is now driving in the desert. Post it now, post it now. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is really funny um, sitting on boards with the city and, and being a local and hearing the initiative to get local people here and you know, wanting to promote, you know, hearing councilmen talk about promoting local businesses and local hiring locally. Um, one of the biggest things that that we can say is we don't have any competition in Rock Hill city limits. We're the only architecture firm. Um, there are other architects, but we're the only firm. Um, so uh, being familiar with the process and all that, it, it's kind of strange being on the other end and having to facilitate it for ourselves and walking it through. Um, as far as changing the nature of the building to suit yeah, your needs. Yeah, I mean, what do, I guess, I yeah. mean, in most cases. Well, for instance, you know, people walk in that building and they see all the junk, they're like, I, good luck. Like, yeah. there's no way. And like, I walked in, I was like, man, this is so cool. Like, I, that's why, do you know about a day Remus? Have I shared it with you, a day Remus? Oh my God, a day Remus website we built, I'll be short, I'm sorry. I'll be short. <laughs> Where you can identify a building and then you can like, uh, like create your idea of the way that you would use that building. I like that you say prototype. You would prototype. You would you would share your idea on how you would use that space. Yeah. And the point is, you're just like me. You see that space. Other people say, "Oh my God, it's dirty. It's full of crap." Yeah. You're like, "Wow, this place looks awesome." Well, what what prompted that one? What, when we saw you that day, we were actually looking at a building. Um, <laughs> we were looking at a building on Hampton Street. Um, I remember that. The one with the bank. The, the, the little yeah. skinny, super building. cool yeah. building. Yeah, it is. But it's huge. Yeah. And, and it's a maze. Yeah. It's tough. But, you know, I see all these things, and I'm like, all right, it's got some brick walls. It's got... Oh, did you see the marble half wall? Yeah. 
That's cool, dude. <laughs> You'd probably take it out, I'm sure. Everybody walked in, they're like, that's marble. I'm like, it's gone. Like, yeah, it's yeah, so gone. It yeah, you guys remember that that one guy was there? He was ridiculous? <laughs> I was kidding. And the ball, and the actual ball. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But, so, we were looking at that one, and that one just had so many moving pieces. And the reason we were down here, um, we had met with the city about beautifying that alleyway, which that was very great i mean we met with them yeah but they were they're like we've been waiting for somebody to ask i mean that's all it is um so they were really helpful on that end and they said you know we we have precedents for doing that go look beside errands go look and you know i knew it but miles was here that day so we went and that's when we ran into you and that's when we saw the building um but the point is is that there's so many opportunities in doing that, and I don't know, man. I, the, 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 I don't know. I'm lost now. No, that's fine. Well, that's okay. So, I mean, so the, obviously you have the vision. You can see through all the junk. You can see that it can be an awesome space, and you're involved in a process, and there's all these other players involved. You know, so, I mean, I know you, as an architect you participate in that as a vendor, but how's it different when you're doing your own thing? It's tough. It's it, when you, uh, you know, everyone always asks me what my style is, what do I like, and I, it's whatever I'm working on at the time. Yeah, I mean, it's really right, tough. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, you've done a lot of residential, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 90% residential. I do about downtown. We we did Amelie's. That's about as commercial as I got. Okay, that's um, awesome. And that feels like being inside somebody's house. Yeah, that's off. Like that's incredible in there. Well, we. That was, we didn't do the deck, I mean the deck, yeah. room, but we did like the stairs and the permitting yeah, process awesome. and all that. So, yeah, the whole thing feels fantastic. It was yeah. cool. Um, but that was a process in and of itself as well. Um, but we were hired to do it and it's different. You know, this, we're, dri we're driving the ship, we're kind of doing. And you're doing it and you still got to do everything else that pays the bills, you got to do that on the side. Yeah. yeah, ask for some favors and yeah, ask. Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, I'm sure you probably, when you were up in your space, it's like, hey, man. You know, honestly, I mean, talk about the that space and the use of space in there. The, the, the original goal was, hey, we have to access this mezzanine level. And the initial thought was we have to have a code-compliant staircase, which is not the case because it was a historic building. So you literally could use this, the really cool metal. Yeah, yeah. that thing. Very unsafe. But you yeah. could have used that, but it doesn't have the the feel that that yeah. big one does. Yeah, and it's got a great little, so, because if you're out there in podcast land, wherever you are, you maybe haven't been to Amelie's, there's, in the middle of the steps, there's a little platform with a table on it, which is a great idea. There's an awesome little, like, yeah. coffee shop. the ceiling of the... Yeah, right. So Brilliant. it creates levels, and it puts a ceiling over it. Yeah, it's cool. And great stuff. And there, too. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. We didn't do that. I wish we would. Hey, you should put your menu there. Oh, well, the menu's the best part. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. We take back everything we said. <laughs> well, I'll say, I will say this. Um, we appreciate you being on the, on the show, first of all. And um, we're real excited about having you as our neighbor. We'll try to work only on weekends. <laughs> sorry. Don't mind sorry. the drums. Don't mind the drums. Oh, we're doing great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, at least I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm miserable. Yeah. Um, so we're excited about having you as our neighbor, and um, you know I'm fascinated around conversations around architecture. I I, know, I don't know much about it, 
but what I do know is that increasingly, you know, everything that I'm involved in that has to do with um, being successful in the new economy ends up in conversations about how we navigate space. And it always comes down to there's some aspect of architectural thinking in that conversation, you know, so. Well, just as a, a follow-up to that, how many, uh, how many local people have you talked to, like on the boards that you sit on, how many have, like, hey, talk to this person who is in your county or South Carolina? I mean, it, it's always Charlotte, right? I mean, it's pretty nuts to us. And I, well, we experience the same, you know, in some ways, we're, we're very, our businesses are very similar in, in a couple ways. One is that just like any time you talk about the new economy, you're going to somehow end up in new urban architecture. Anytime you talk about the new economy, you're going to talk, be talking about the internet. Like, those two things are always involved. They're two of the core things, you know. If there's five, those are two of them, you know what I mean? And so, it's the same thing when, when, we, when I first uh, moved down here, people were starting to understand the importance of communicating through the internet as part of the process of revitalizing this place. And it was always thinking about um, Charlotte, looking to Charlotte and all that stuff, and that's fine. I mean, I don't, my, I mean, I don't, I'm a capitalist in the sense of like, I never want somebody to hire us because, um, of social obligation. Yeah. I mean, you know, they should hire us because we're going to do a hell of a job, you know. But we, you know, you don't want to be in this kind of like, uh, you're 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 by default in the minor leagues because you are geographically located in this place versus the other place. And what's what's interesting about the new economy is that, you know, you can have exceptional people doing exceptional work, choosing to live in a place like Rock Hill because we are connected to the greater economy here. We don't have to move somewhere else to be tapped into the greater economy. You know, so part of the paradigm shift of um, the new economy is that the revitalization of these small urban districts and small towns is about, it's not about recruiting uh, big businesses. It's about recruiting people like you and, and if I can say people like me. Because think about it, it's not important to have me here. It's important that I have managed to bring nine other people that they want. And they're the important people. And you've brought three people and you're gonna bring more. You know? Another way that Revenflow is like you guys is that whenever Jason's saying something really like important, I'm usually drawing pictures of buildings. <laughs> on napkins. Yeah, on napkins. Y'all don't know this, but Jason does. But the reason that we've even forged any type of uh, relationship was I, I got invited to a focus group uh, at the city club and uh, I was asked to sit in the back and just observe. So I'm doing that, and here, here comes in a guy about my age, and I'm just like, where'd this guy come from? He, and he gets up and starts speaking, and I was like, all right, he's somebody. Like, he knows something. Yeah. So I was just, you know, just as a... bill on the way in, they let me talk. But just from an age thing, it stood out to me because, you know, even in my field, most of our contemporaries aren't new architecture firms coming up. I mean, they're, all of our contemporaries are 60, 70-year-old men, which is fine. And, and we, we know who we are. We, we understand their experience, their talents, and that, you know, we appreciate it. But at some point, we've got to, we've got to be given a shot. And I, I think we can do just as good of a – I'm not going to – I don't want to degrade, you know, their experience and their, you know, their talents because there are very many – talented people out there even in Charlotte Greenville Columbia but 
you, at some point, you got to yeah. move on. Um, and, and one thing I will say, and I think this is fine to, you know, say in the podcast, that, that you have to, I don't know if you'd say be careful of or be, just be cognizant of is, I've actually gotten increasingly to the point to where I'm not pitching. Like, I'm traveling to other towns and talking about how I can help them leverage the internet to revitalize their downtown and not pitching that idea here because I'm so much a citizen and a civically engaged person here that I'm so involved that it's almost weird. Yeah. It's like I'm selling to myself because I'm on the board that would hire me to begin with. You know what I mean? It's well, kind of strange. And when we first started, the move to downtown last year was our kind of I mean, we started our business when the recession was at its lowest. And it was, I remember talking with a, another designer and, and he, you know, he was telling me about how he's eating into his savings and all this stuff. And I'm like, hey, I made a hundred bucks today, right. yes. And, uh, you know, so we were very appreciative over, you know, when times were tough, every dollar we got. So we come from that, that school of thought. And when we moved downtown, it's when we decided to, hey, we can do this for real. We can be legit. We can go after real jobs. We can do real work. Not that we weren't before, but it was just kind of hold on and pray and hope to get a job. Um, but now we're growing, and um, we have the manpower and the experience now to, to kind of go after these jobs now. And you seem like you have the passion and the energy and all that stuff, too, which is most yeah. important. Yeah, know? absolutely. And when the whole Knowledge Park thing started, um, we were actually hired, I say we, it was just me at the time, uh, myself and an engineering uh, firm here in town, we were hired to document all the existing buildings out there. So I think it's five buildings on that on the, um, the bleachery site. We measured every single inch of every building out there. Um, I did all the CAD drawings that were presented to the developers and all that. I was on the board looking at those drawings. That's all me. Like I drew every single CAD drawing up there. Um, the point is, is that was a foot in the door type thing with the city that we were trying to do. I mean, that is like as unglamorous of a job as you can oh, get right. in our field. I mean, it, you know, we had generators with lights and it was, right. it was, it was a little spooky, wow. yeah. spooky at times. But it was just, hey, we're here guys, you know, we can do yeah. work, we'll do this, but yeah. just remember us, give us a shot. And that's, I mean, that's really all we've ever asked. It just gets a shot. Yeah, that's awesome. great. Well, we're glad that you're here. I mean, and, you know, it's um, like mind, um, hanging out at Millstone. Uh, and again, I, I, and this is just a personal thing for me, I'm enamored with, the, with architecture and the whole idea of the endeavor of architecture because increasingly um, I'm consumed with the idea of moving through space. And so I, I just think it's such a critical part. I think the internet and architecture are, are two of the most functional pieces of um, success in the new economy. And, um, and, 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 and training, workforce training, because education is changing so radically. So I would say those are like the three biggest things that people need to be talking about and focused on. So, but anyway, we, we, could, we could keep you here till midnight tonight, but then our, our, I think we've already lost um, all three of our podcast listeners by now. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not listening now because Yeah, Silent no. Chance is talking, so we got a problem. <laughs> Um, I'm a pretty interesting person. I, man, dude, I am so bored right now. I am wow, wow. This is the worst podcast ever, ever. No, you, you've been great, man, and we really appreciate being here. We're excited about you being our neighbor. Um, Chris is gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop talking, and Chris is gonna say something so insightful. It is gonna 
knock your hat off. Go! Blow my mind. Alright, here's the thing. Um, actually, can I tell? I had a joke I was going to make earlier that we kept going and the time has passed, but can I go ahead and make it? Do it. I'm just going to cut off. Do it. There's a pretty serious couple on a motorcycle. Do it. Um, uh, when you said that you knew Jason was the first time you met him, you're like, this is somebody. I had the same experience. The first time I met Jason, and I was eating at Applebee's, and this guy over here orders the fajitas, and they bring it out, and there's the sizzler smoke coming off of it, and I said, that guy is somebody. He knows what's up. Yeah. Fajitas, right? That was my, that was my whole joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to pretend like that never happened. And, uh, we're going to edit that out. No, we're not. We're definitely not editing that out. Maybe sometimes, maybe sometimes God allows you to not make a joke because it isn't good. <laughs> yeah, you should keep going because this is gold at this point. <laughs> Tell us more about God and your jokes. You need to listen to God more often. Yeah, yeah right. Oh, well. Let's talk more about this religious joke phenomenon. Um, <laughs> about Applebee's and Peter. Yeah, right. Anyway. Oh, you're going to say he was your waiter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like this guy's somebody. Yeah. 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 This guy. Oh, crap. I'm out of a job. Gonna... <laughs> 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 Fixed my joke. <laughs> okay, well. Fajitas to everybody, and uh, next week we'll get back together and uh, do another podcast. So signing off here, we'll see you next week at Old Town New World.